welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. Amen. Hey, good morning, church. Morning, man. It is good to have you in the house of God today. Uh, real, real quick, man, I, I never want to go far, and I, I was just moved in that time of worship. And, you, you know, if you've come in here today, maybe going through uh, some brokenness or maybe a, a fire of some sort, a difficulty in your life, maybe you thought it would look different at this venture in your life. One of the things I love about uh, Jesus is that, man, when we know him as Savior, understand that you do not walk through any fire in this life alone. And that's a good truth to know, man. And I was so moved by that song. And so I want you to know, man, if you're not okay today, it's okay to not be okay, but I'm here to be, preach about a Savior who loves you enough not to let you leave here that way. And uh, man, I'm thankful that you're here. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open those up. Uh, we'll be in Acts 6. We'll start there, and we're gonna, we're gonna kind of hover around Acts 6, 7, and 8. Uh, while you're turning there, I just wanna say welcome to our first-time guests. Man, uh, my name's Buck. And I have the privilege of serving uh, in this incredible church with so many incredible people. Uh, our church is very simple. Uh, we're laser focused uh, on connecting people to a growing relationship with Jesus. And so with that being said, man, we want to celebrate as God's people are saying yes to him and growing. Man, after church, we've got two people that have said yes that are going in the water to be baptized. And so uh, we're, we're thankful for that and excited about that. Also, uh, I have to share uh, this series has been all about uh, multiply. And what we're learning is that God has designed his kingdom to grow through multiplication. And so I'm excited to share that this past Wednesday, a brand new Connect group was planted and launched. And man, we are excited uh, about that. Because what that means is that's a new home that is a beacon of light in a place where people can experience Jesus through biblical community and great food, uh, which is awesome, right? Amen. Amen. So uh, with that being said, let's open up and read the word, starting Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 8. It says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then, he secretly persuaded some, then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified, this fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Church, let's pray. Uh, God, as we've read your word, God, as we've sang to you, uh, God, I pray that now as we minister through your word, Lord, would you speak to our hearts. God, I know we come in with a ton of things on our mind, God, maybe with our work, uh, maybe with our job, kids, school. Um, but Lord, I pray that now would you give us uh, eyes to see and ears to hear what you want us to hear. God, I, I pray uh, that your grace would minister powerfully and you would speak to us through your word. And God, I ask personally 
uh, Lord, would you just move me out of the way? And Lord, would you have your way? And uh, Lord, would I would communicate what you once said. So I love you, Jesus. I ask you to help me as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so what's happening here is we're picking up from last week. And if you, if you missed last week, we talked about uh, really the first seven servant leaders have been appointed, trained and appointed and sent out to do ministry in the church. Okay, And so this wasn't some flashy ministry. Uh, these guys, including Philip and Stephen and five other dudes, they were basically running a food pantry. Okay, so it was nothing miraculous, nothing, no big platform. They were simply taking care of widows who needed food. And now we see that servant leaders in the church understand aren't just confined to service, so that's a major part of it, but people that are filled with the Spirit can also witness about Jesus in power. Amen. And so we see Stephen in the last section serving widows, and now we see him performing great wonders and signs uh, among the people. And really, I want to go ahead and set this sermon up of you're going to see a lot of similarities today uh, between Jesus and Stephen, right? You're going to learn that many of the things Stephen faced were the exact same things that Jesus faced. So Jesus uh, did nothing wrong. Jesus didn't hurt anyone. He only healed people. He gave them hope. And yet we see the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, taunt them, persecute them, and ultimately put them on a cross and kill them. And so we're beginning to see the same things of Stephen. They're, they're performing, uh, they're, they're bringing about false witnesses. And Stephen uh, is, is being uh, dragged into court. He's being accused. But it says they could not stand up against the, the wisdom that the Spirit of God gave him. And so today, what I want to show you, I want to talk about a real hero today, right? And, and, and a real hero uh, is the person and work of Stephen, and what we're going to learn of this series about multiply is that God multiplies his kingdom through obedient followers of Jesus, just like Stephen. The principles are clear today, and they apply to us. And so as I thought about this, and how do I best describe the magnitude of the message today, the magnitude of what Stephen's about to do? And it brought me to a childhood favorite in our house, and it is the movie The Sandlot. All right, do we, do we have any, have seen The Sandlot? If you haven't, I'm not judging, go home and watch it, but uh, it's just good medicine. But in this movie, The Sandlot, uh, it's a group of kids that kind of bring in a kid that have, has moved in from out of town. And, and, and so in this movie, they, they have ball every day. They play ball in the summer uh, on a sandlot, right? And so uh, as the story goes on, this, this one kid steals an autographed Babe Ruth baseball, which is one of the, the greatest players of all time, and he hits it over the fence into a yard with uh, what they thought to be a nine-foot giant dog, right? And, uh, and so they're afraid of getting this ball, and, and no kid has ever dared to hop that fence and pickle the beast, that's what they called the dog, the beast. It, was, it would have taken some bold courage for a young man to hop over this fence and to go get that ball. And so this scene, kind of the catalyst of the movie, the leader of the Sandlot, uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, uh, he has a dream. And it's the night before they're trying to figure out how to get this ball back. And all their attempts have failed because no one is courageous to hop over that fence and go get that ball. And so in this dream, uh, Benny wakes up and Babe Ruth himself shows up in the dream, okay? Just this cool moment. And the babe has a great quote for us today. Listen, this is what he tells Benny. He says, let me tell you something about it, kid. 
Everybody gets one chance to do something great. Most people hardly ever take the chance, either because they're too scared or because they're unable to recognize it when it spits on their shoes. He said, remember, kid, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And I want you to know, and what happens is Benny seizes the moment, he goes and gets the ball, they get it back, this great story. Listen to me, everyone. God had a sovereign moment for Stephen to step in and to make a world impact. And listen to me, Stephen didn't miss his moment. Today is Stephen's moment. Defining moments that I believe all of us have in our lives, defining decisions we make to step into things that have eternal magnitude far beyond what we can see in this life. And Stephen had his moment today, a moment that's been talked about for 2,000 years. And listen, if you're kind of new to the Bible, these aren't just ancient mythological creatures. Listen to me, Stephen put on his britches just like us, one leg at a time. People just like me and you. And we're gonna talk about today how he didn't miss his moment, but he was ready. And so let's talk about first, uh, Stephen first started as a loving servant. Right? Remember I said that if serving is beyond you, leadership is probably, or, or, or is beyond you, leadership, uh, if serving is beneath you, leadership is probably beyond you, right? So he started out as a servant, a man of integrity, mission-minded. So we see last week, Stephen was a loving servant. But what we're beginning to learn today is that Holy Spirit-filled people, their service isn't just contained to tables, but we minister to people, right? And so Stephen, first thing, take this with you. We see Stephen, the faithful witness. We see Stephen, the faithful witness. And it says in verse eight, Stephen, the faithful witness, it says, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace. What that means is God's unmerited favor, his help, all right? And he was full of God working through him and power performed great wonders and signs uh, among the people. So the Lord was doing mighty miracles, mighty things through an everyday servant. Someone who just went to work and, and did, did what he was called to do. And, and he began to understand that God could use him to witness to people. And so Stephen was faithful to witness. Now first, let me define what a witness is. It's just like you see on Law and Order or something. A witness testifies to what they have seen and they have experienced, right? Listen to me. If we have experienced the saving work of Jesus, we have been given the commission to share about that saving work of Jesus. Amen? And that is witness. And so we see that he's a faithful witness. It reminds me of this, okay? I want to give an illustration of how we should be faithful uh, to witness. Um, and and I'm not, I've got some friends at this one, so I'm not going to hate on this one. But man, have you ever just got done with dinner? Man, we cooked chicken last night. Turned out pretty good. I'm, I'm still thinking about it. That's how good it was. Um, have you ever gotten done with dinner? And man, you just want to drive to Dairy Queen for that blizzard. Can I get an amen? Y'all know what I'm talking, right? I mean, it's 8.30. You know, you know you need to stay your butt at the house. But you know, you know that Reese's Oreo blizzard is going to be amazing. And you're expecting Dairy Queen to be so faithful to you. And you show up, man, and you talk in the mic only to hear we're out of ice cream, right? And this is devastating. I'm like, you're, it's, dairy is in the queen. Like, you, how do you run out of milk and ice cream? You know, you should be faithful to me to at least provide ice cream. And again, these are other Dairy Queens. This one over here is pretty legit. But listen, should be faithful. Listen to me. As the world encounters Jesus through us in our everyday life, 
we should be faithful to be witnesses of Jesus. That should be true of his people. We owe the world that. I mean, I don't know if you've looked around in a while. Man, it's dark. And we carry the light. You know, we, we are, we owe the world that. We, we should be faithful. And Stephen was faithful to witness. You know, so many people put emphasis on justification. Churches do. And man, we put a ton of emphasis on it. What justification means when you've come into a saving relationship with Jesus, that means you're saved for all eternity. That means your eternal destination, when you've responded to Jesus by faith, you admit you're a sinner, you're like, God, I don't want to live a life of sin. I want to know you as Savior of my life. Listen, your, your eternal address just changed to glory. Man, that's amazing. We celebrate that like crazy, but listen to me. I believe why more people aren't experiencing that good news because we aren't talking to Christians and training and equipping them of what do I do after I raise my hand. Right, And that's called sanctification. That's a process. And let me say this. Uh, sanctification is not, hey, raise your hand, butt tap, good luck, try not to be a bad person, come back to church, right? That's boring, I ain't here for that. You here for that? I'm out. But when we equip, we see that sanctification is to bring us into becoming more like Christ. We need to grow because we're called to be faithful witnesses. Acts 1.8 tells us this. It says, uh, it told us when the, uh, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We receive the Spirit of God at salvation. And the purpose of that power is what? So that you will be my witnesses. Where? This is important for the day. In Jerusalem, that's the city they were in. They probably thought, man, this great church, we're gonna be in Jerusalem for forever. Man, it's like a big bonfire. But then it says, no, it's not gonna stay with you. It's gonna multiply through you into Judea, that's the region, Samaria, that's the next region or country over, and then ultimately to the ends of the earth. And so we see that we're called to witness. And what we do is we testify to what we've seen and heard. Right now today, 25% of Americans are practicing Christians. That means there's somewhat of church attendance and they'd say they read their Bible. 25% of our country would say we're practicing Christians. And what's crazy, man, is... is those that are not in the church, it says that statistics are rising every day that non-believers want to have spiritual conversations to figure it out. Like it's like the, the fields are super, super, super ripe in our nation. But man, as we step into the one thing we are called to be faithful to, I'm telling you, as frightening as it may be, I'm telling you, you're gonna find fertile ground to plant seed. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, man, it's just true. And so we see that we're called to be witnesses. And listen, that don't mean you may not lead a great revival. You, 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 know, you may swing and miss a ton or maybe you're just faithful to, to witness and raise your kids. Listen, uh, and you're like, man, I could never be successful and, and I don't know. Listen, God never called us to be successful, but he did call us to be faithful. All right, so don't be afraid of failure. He didn't call you to be successful. He just called you to be faithful. And that's what we see that Stephen was faithful to do what God had called him to do. And the next thing I want to show you, verse 15, this is really, really interesting. It says, all those who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. We were talking about this with my kids, and my kids thought this was the coolest thing on the planet, right? Like, Dad, was his face glowing? Like, what did it look like? And, and, and I'm like, son, I'm, I'm not sure. But we do see this already in Scripture, and I'm going to show you why would God say that Stephen's face is shining like that of an angel. Well, there's one other time in Scripture 
where a man's face shone like this, and it was Moses. And what happened, Moses had went up to Sinai for 40 days to get the Ten Commandments. And when he came down off that mountain, he had been in the presence of God Almighty for 40 days. And when he came out, there was a glow about him. Listen, Stephen's strength to witness came from his time with Jesus. Look at that. His strength to witness wasn't in his ability. His strength to witness because he had been spending time with Jesus. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. I want you guys to see this. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. It says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Verse 8. It says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has training for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Listen to me. Spending time with Jesus isn't just uh, to get things from Jesus, so that's going to be a great benefit. As you spend time with Jesus, he is equipping you to be a minister for Jesus, right? He's equipping you for witness. And, and so the, the source of Stephen's power came from his time spent with Jesus. And listen, so many people don't get started because they think, I could never do great things for God. I've done too much. There's too much in my past. This is all new to me. Or oh, what if I fail? What if I don't know enough? This, that, and the other. Listen to me. God never told you to go do great things for him. He just called you to be with him. And as you are spending time with him, you're gonna do great things with him. Does that make sense? So many wanna do great things for him, but God never said that. He said, do great things with me. And Stephen's strength came from his time spent with Jesus. And so what I want you to take with you, how do we apply it to our life? Time spent with Jesus is the source of our power. Not your ability, your availability. Time spent with Jesus is the source of our power. And two questions I have to ask myself Am I spending quality time with Jesus? If this is the source of all Christian witness of the Christian life, am I spending quality time with Jesus? And then number two, am I being faithful to witness in my context? That's your job, your home, wherever God may send you, am I being faithful to witness? And listen, witness is not always preaching. Witness sometimes is just demonstration with our life. Right, it's just demonstration. And I've heard a pastor tell me this before. Good demonstration leads to easy declaration. Good demonstration leads to easy declaration of the gospel. And so now I'm gonna do some summarizing, uh, some storytelling, if you will. If you guys will look in chapter seven, if we read that bad boy, I might as well amen it and let's go to, let's go to Cloverleaf or something, right? Um, so, so I'm gonna summarize it and we're gonna pick up in verse 51. And, and what I want you to see here, all right, uh, is that Stephen is the obedient vessel. So we see Stephen, the loving servant. We see Stephen, the faithful witness. And now we see Stephen, the obedient vessel. Person that is open to be used by God. So, so what happens is the Sanhedrin has brought him to court. They produce false witnesses just like they did with Jesus. They lie. They, they make up things that aren't even true about Stephen and they bring him before the court. They're looking at him. They're examining him. They see that his face is shining like an angel. And then Stephen, man, if you want the short story of the, the Bible from Genesis all the way to this point, my man just preaches the gospel to them. For 50 some odd verses, he is basically preaching to them that, hey, what you're doing is wrong, and you guys and your ancestors has missed the whole point from the start to the finish. Right? He goes on, this is what he tells them. 
He says, you misunderstand your roots. That even Abraham, the purpose of Abraham and Moses was to point you to Jesus, the Savior. He says, you rejected godly leaders, that God has raised up prophets for you, and you just kept persecuting them and killing them. The third thing he tells them, you disobey the law. He said, even in my trial, right? I mean, even in his trial, they're lying and disobeying the law. He says, listen, that law was meant to point you to Jesus, The fourth thing he says is, you always resist God's truth. And God's truth is to point us to Jesus. And then finally, he says, flat out in their face, you guys killed Jesus, the Savior. I mean, think about the boldness of that. And so the people he's preaching to, they're they're Sadducees and Pharisees. Listen, they could not be a Pharisee unless they had memorized the Torah. Imagine, man, listen, I study the Bible. I I don't know about memorizing the Torah, five books. They were, I'm talking about surgically, they knew that word. They knew it. And this was an everyday, ordinary servant preaching at them. Could you imagine how offended they were? it's It's like a neurosurgeon that, man, if you're a neurosurgeon, you've been in school like, I mean, 20 years, something, right? I don't know. And someone walking in, to the surgery and saying, you're doing it all wrong. This is how you do it. Someone that's just an everyday person. Could you imagine how offended these Pharisees would be? But Stephen wasn't called to play nice. He was called to tell them the truth. And so he told them the truth. And because of that, we see verse 51. Let's pick up. He says, you stiff-necked people, your heart and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. So God's trying to work on them. He says, you resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. Did you know, even right in this moment, as Stephen is being persecuted, as he's given them hard truth, God loves those people persecuting them. Do you know that? God loves them. And I was wondering, like, why would the Bible record Stephen's face shining like an angel? Those people knew the Bible. They knew all about Moses. They should have known that just as Moses' face was shining, there's something going on with Stephen right here. This is, G- this is godly. God is trying to speak to us. But it says they rejected it. Man, even as God was showing himself in supernatural ways, they just said, I don't want it. I don't want it. It just made them more angry. They could not deal with the fact that they had been wrong their whole life. And so they rejected the Holy Spirit, even though God was showing himself in supernatural ways. One thing I've learned is I've been following the Lord. Man, God loves us. You hear me? Good night, he loves us. The motivation of this church, let me just pause, go off track. The motivation of Stephen and everything we've been learning about and multiply, it is fueled by God's love for us. And he, he loves you in this room, I'm telling you. And some of you may know he loves you enough to show up in your life in supernatural ways. Man, he, he loves you, he's for you, and he's for these men. And even though they heard the gospel, even though God was showing up in supernatural ways, they still couldn't see it. This leaves us with this truth. Take this down. Only the grace of God can change the human heart. Only the grace of God can change the human heart. Even the hardest of hearts rejected him. 
But I wanna talk about Stephen for a minute. His obedience could not have been comfortable. God is basically using Stephen to pronounce judgment on these people to share a very hard truth. When culture would say, Stephen, you ought to run, the Holy Spirit said, Stephen, step up and step in. It's time to give truth. It's time to, to declare the truth. This would have been very scary. Obedience would not have been comfortable, right? But when God calls us to do something, really our choice is off the table. All that's left to do is to say yes, to say yes to him. I, I wanna give an illustration. A lot of people, I believe, want to know God. I believe everyone wants to know if there is a God. I think we all wanna know about eternal things, if it's real, if it's not. I think this is what centers the universe, right? But man, I, I want you to know that there's a great difference between knowing about God and knowing God. You can have the best degree on the planet about God and have no clue who he is. And so as we begin to know God, let me give you the X factor. If you want to know God, it is obedience to his leading. In obedience to God's leading in your life, this is where you can begin to experience God. As you read his word and God begins to pull you to do things, as you say yes, you may know about him, but when you say yes, you begin to experience him and know him. I wanna give an example just this week. You know, early on, as God called me to, to, to do things, to, to plant a church, to preach, man, it's so scary. And so many times, man, there were meetings, whether it be a conflict or someone that was wrestling with their faith or someone that was gonna ask a deep question, I, I was scared, man. I, I didn't know if I would have the right answer. And that simple prayer before these meetings, I would say, Jesus, will you help give me what to say? Jesus, will you show me? Will you help me? God, all I know is you're calling me to step into this. And if you call me, I believe your grace is gonna be sufficient to sustain me. And so, man, I, I got a message this week, one of the best meetings I've had and, a person in the church just said, hey, I would like to meet. And I didn't know what it would be about. And, and so I, I just began to pray to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I, I wanna be a good steward of this meeting. Because I'm sure for the other party, when you reach out to the preacher, that's pretty uncomfortable, right? right? I, I, just pretty uncomfortable as God leads to obey, to reach out and have spiritual conversations. Um, I, and I began to pray to the Lord, Lord, would you just give me what to say? And as we sit down, man, I, I felt the Holy Spirit begin to, to burn in my heart for a specific verse. And I, and I just felt it. And I said, God, I don't know if this is gonna land or not, but I think this is what you wanna say. And I shared what I felt like God had wanted me to say. And I realized it was exactly what God was doing in that moment. And both people sitting there, we got to experience God. Not talk about him, but to experience him. Listen, that's what's available to us. You don't have to come here to know about God, but you can experience God. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that exciting? And what happens is the only way to do that is to obey. And listen to me, take this with you. Obedience in my life has always been uncomfortable, but obedience is always fruitful. Hear that again. Obedience is always uncomfortable, but obedience is always fruitful because you never know what God's gonna do on the other side of your saying yes. Stephen had a hard yes today, brother and sister. He had a hard yes on the table. God asked him to do a hard thing. And it's gonna be met with a hard worldly result, 
but we're about to celebrate a hero today. You guys tracking with me? So take this with you. Sometimes God calls us to share bold truth. Sometimes God calls us to share bold truth. I would say it like this. Sometimes God calls us to obey even though it's uncomfortable. And so today I just want to ask you, is there a step of obedience God has laid on your heart to obey? Someone to reach out to, something to confess and repent of, a next step to sign up for, whether it be salvation, baptism, heart and soul, connect group, begin leading a connect group. Because oftentimes it's fear and doubt that keeps us from, but as we step in and obey, we get to experience God and we get to experience the power of God working through us into the world. And that's just good, man, that's just good. And so let's pick up and let's finish our story, a hero in the making. So Stephen has put his hard yes on the table, verse 54. It says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That's so important. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all dragged him, uh, they all rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And this is not, not I mean, literally, they're gonna pick up stones and hit him until he dies. And it says, meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. You might wanna start that. Verse 59, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep and Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So in other words, this church in Jerusalem has now scattered. So let's just be clear. This is Stephen now, the fateful martyr, the very first one, the first martyr in the church. And what a martyr is someone that's been killed for their faith. Because of their obedience to their faith, he was killed. He was, he was murdered, right, violently. And I wanna show you there are so many similarities of, of even why Jesus was on the cross, he told God, receive my spirit. In the same way now Stephen's saying, Jesus, receive my spirit. And then, man, think about the heart for God, this, this heart. Remember, I said it's the love of God that compels this church. It's the love of God that's the foundation of what we're doing. Could you imagine as they're beating them with stones, he says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. That's uniquely Christian, amen? That's, that's exactly what Jesus said on the cross. And that Stephen was so full of faith that he finished the job well. And so from a worldly sense, I'm gonna give you this step of obedience. You're like, God, why? This is one of our best and brightest. It's one of our best leaders, servants. Jesus, why would you allow such a thing to happen? God, why would you allow such a thing to happen to Stephen? And what we're gonna see are the rewards of disobedience are now echoing through eternity that now we're still talking about this 2,000 years today. That's heroic, that's legendary. And that what was really heroic about Stephen's life was not what Stephen did, but the savior his life pointed to. You might wanna take that with you. What was heroic was nothing about Stephen. 
It was the Savior working in Stephen that's still pointing people to him today. That's heroic. So I want to give you the rewards of Stephen's obedience. Number one, he, he saw the glory of God. Listen to me. The minute we stop breathing, if we know Christ is Lord, our last breath here is our first breath with him in his glory. And that's for all eternity. Like it, it is a heavenly well done that's waiting for us. And so he got to see it before he ever got there. Imagine like God in eternity with his angels and, and in the throne room. And we, he gets to be there. No sickness, no shame, no death, no COVID, no flu. Just Jesus and for all eternity. He got to see his glory. And man, listen, this is so good. I can take you in scripture, man. Hebrews 12, one through three, another place in Hebrews. Everywhere in scripture, listen to me. When Jesus gets done doing his work for our sin on the cross, everywhere it says he sat down because the work was finished. He sat down at the right hand of God. It says he sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down at the right hand of God. And he, as he saw one of his suffering servants obeying him, Stephen's obedience to follow him no matter what, to love him no matter what, he gave him a standing ovation and said, brother, you're almost home. Could you imagine bringing the savior of the universe to his feet to say, I'm so proud, just come on. You're almost home. You're almost done, man. You don't see it now. I'm about to use this in, in miraculous ways. You're coming home. It says that he came and he gave up his spirit and he brought Jesus himself to his feet. And so that's what happened in heaven. But here on earth, the church scattered and multiplied. And now cities in Judea, cities in Samaria, who were dead in their sin was now finding life in Christ. As the church was multiplying and growing and sending out, persecution hit the church and it didn't stop the church, it multiplied it. It grew farther and farther. You wanna look at something crazy in church history? Every time there's persecution, when the church is squeezed, it grows rapidly. It's just how we're designed. It's just how we're designed. And then lastly, so important, this man who gave approval to the killing, you know, when bad things are going down, everyone's looking at the leader to say, are you cool with this? Saul was the man who they dropped their clothes and Saul basically says, I approve of killing this man. And what Satan thought was a great victory was a great defeat that day. This Saul who approved of this killing in a couple weeks, you better come back to church in two weeks, all right? We're gonna see this Saul who approved of this killing met this savior he persecuted. And Jesus forgave him, even a man who would approve of murder of his people. And Saul goes on to be the greatest church planner, missionary the world has ever seen. Who knows what God is doing with our yes of obedience? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that it is through his obedience that you and I get to worship Jesus in his presence today, in this place, because of his faithful yes. And so as we look at this, we see this, this faithful day of Stephen. What does this mean to us? What does this mean? Well, here's the deal, man. By God's grace, we live in a place where we probably don't have to fear dying for our, for our faith right now, right? We, we, we don't have to fear that. We live in a culture where it it's definitely takes some courage to be an outspoken Christian. We live in a place where darkness is needing us to be agents of light, right? And so today, I think the main takeaway I would give you 
The call today isn't for you to die to him, die for him. The call today is for you to be courageous enough to live for him. Hear that one more time. The call today is not for you to die to him. Today, the call is for us, the church, in these last days, to be courageous enough to live for him. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And so that's who we're called to be. And so let me just give some encouragement here. How about have the courage to be a student to lives in a way that honors God? Students in the room? Parents, let's be a way to live in a way that honors God in the way we parent, the way we lead our homes. Let's raise a family in the way that honors God. For us in the workplace, let's work in a way that honors him. For friendships, let's love each other in a way that honors him. For us, let's love people, even people that don't deserve it, even people that have wronged you and offended you. May we say, Father, count it not against them. Give me an extra measure of grace to love them like you do. That's uniquely Christian. In fact, I would say this. We've not done anything uniquely Christian until we have loved our enemies. We see that, Lord, would you give us this, this feeling? Would you give us courage to live for you, to be the real deal as the world stands and watch? Would you give us courage to be it? And as we did, verse two, I wanna finish this passage out. Just read it with me. It says, godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Though this was a sad day, they knew they had a mission to take care of. It says they preached the gospel wherever they went. The church in grace multiplied, it scattered. And they live life in this courageous way. They live for him. And though we will encounter difficulty in this life, as we put our yes on the table, we're gonna have things in our life. I wanna give you some assurance, some good news of the gospel. Revelation 2.10. Revelation 2.10. This is what God's word says. And this is what Stephen had to cling to. Though this wasn't even written yet, this is what he had to cling to. He said, do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. Don't be afraid. And for some of us, man, it may be some, some difficulties in relationships, friends, some, some hard things to walk through. He says, I tell you, the devil will put some of you in the prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Now, this is talking to a specific church but the applications apply to us. Be faithful. Take this with you. Listen to me. If I could encourage you any, just be faithful. You don't have to be successful. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to get it right. Be faithful. Remain faithful. He says, even to the point of death, and this is what will happen. I will give you life as your victor's crown. That's what Stephen received as he stepped in. Listen, as you obey as we begin to grow as Christians, as we begin to live it out. Listen, I, want the, I pray that God begins to give you vision of the victor's crown in heaven. He begins to give you what happens at the end of this life. And the good news of the gospel is this. It's not about what you do for him. It's not about how, how good you are. Or maybe you come in today and like, man, this is new, whatever. Listen, it, it's all about receiving what he's done for you. And that's the good news of the gospel, that this victor's crown is something that we can receive today. And if you don't know him, man, listen, our church exists. That's why we share truth boldly. And we pray that people would come to know him. And when we love you enough to share the truth. And so for all of us today, 
as we meditate on this word. I pray as God stirs you, I pray you respond as he sees fit. And, uh, and, and today, if you don't know him, I wanna give you that opportunity right now so that we can celebrate with you. All right, let's pray, church. Uh, Lord, Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I know it's a weighty word, but God, thank you for Stephen's life. It was truly heroic. God, before he had the courage to die for you, Jesus, he had the courage to live for you. And it was in his living for you that he was persecuted and was willing to die for you. And Jesus, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for our brother, Stephen. I thank you for his example. I pray for us today as we live in the last days and God, it's, things are difficult and dark and being a Christian is unpopular. Lord, I pray that today you would minister to our hearts that we could see the good news of the gospel. That Lord, this dark world is not our home. God, this isn't the place we have to submit the culture. This isn't the place where we have to uh, obey the ways of the world, but Jesus, you made a new way for us on the cross. And it says on that cross that you died in our place for our sin. And it says if we would want that news, if, if we don't know you as Lord, it says that if we uh, w- would acknowledge you as our Savior, we would admit we're sinners in need of a Lord and repent, it says we could be saved. And God, we thank you that you did that for us. And thank you for Stephen's example. So if you're here today and you'd say, man, I've never, I've never surrendered to Jesus. I, I do not have a relationship with him and I can't explain it. I just know that today's the day God's saying, hey, come home, come home. If that's you, I would just ask you to be courageous enough. Would you just lift your hand and say, but today's the day I want a relationship with Jesus and, and I, I just need him. Is that anybody here? Yeah, you can. It's okay. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God for that. So you won't be the only one today. We've got a new sister in Christ. Praise God for that. Anybody else? Amen. For, for all of us in the room, God, I know this is a, a weighty message, but God, I pray that you would give us vision. Lord, would you continue to encourage our hearts, God? There's so many in this church of God, I I just wanna pray an encouragement. I've heard story after story this week of people living it out at work, in the school, at home. Kids, you're saying Bible verses. And so, God, I wanna leave with great hope and encouragement. God, thank you for how you've blessed this church. Thank you for what you're doing. God, it is an honor to, to pastor this church. God, I thank you for the difference, the influence you've given us in this community. God, we know it is from you. It's nothing we're doing, God. It's just you. And God, as we seek to obey you, God, we continue to find you. I thank you for those that are finding faith. I thank you for those that are finding a home. And God, I just pray that you would just continue to do it. And I love you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.